Ezekiel chapter 12. Ezekiel chapter 12. And verse number 21. <clears throat> and while you're going there, repeat after me. My life, my life is being restored with the word of God. The word of God is restoring my life. Say it one more time. My life is being restored with the word of God. The word of God is restoring my life. Verse 21 says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth. Tell them, therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of every vision. For there shall be no more vain vision, nor flattering divination in the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, says the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, the vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesied of the times that are far off. Therefore I say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Thou shall none of my words be prolonged anymore, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, says the Lord God. So we're teaching from this subject of the fear of unfulfilled vision, the fear of unfulfilled vision. This is actually today lesson number five. And we said that our objective is to equip you in faith and in wisdom and get you focused in fulfilling your dreams and manifesting the visions of your heart. And so we have been looking at for the past several weeks the five obstacles of unfulfilled vision, the five obstacles of unfulfilled vision and we've been learning how to overcome these obstacles because unless we learn how to overcome these five obstacles, then we will end up in life living a life of lesser existence. A life of lesser existence is a life where we live what's in our hand, what's in our head, but never live what's in our hearts. And all of us in here this morning, we have something in our heart, dreams in our heart visions in our heart, uh, desires, heart's desires that we have, even words from God's Word that have been spoken to us and we have received as reality for our lives. But when we live in the fear that these things will not come to pass in our lives, then we end up living a life of lesser existence. And so that's what Israel was that they did not feel, they did not believe that what God had spoken would come to pass. Visions that had been declared, they did not believe that they would live those visions out. And there are people in here today, you have dreams in your hearts, things that you've always wanted to do. You have visions on the inside of you, things that you wanted to manifest. And you're getting to the point maybe where you just don't believe those things are going to come to pass. But we know that the God, God said, the word that I speak, that word shall come to pass. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. So whatever God has said, 
God's going to manifest it, but he needs our cooperation. So we're talking about these five obstacles. Number one, we said becoming restricted by fear rather than releasing faith for that dream or that vision. Becoming restricted by fear rather than releasing faith for that dream or that vision. Number two, we said not developing your gift to help facilitate your vision or your dream. Not developing your gift that whatever you're believing God for, you need to develop yourself for it. So not developing that gift. If you're an athlete and, and you want to you know, you play at the professional level, but you're not developing your gift. And so you have to develop your gift to help facilitate the vision that you have. Number three, we said not understanding the nature of vision, the nature of vision. And we said that the nature of vision is what? Specific. It's specific. So you have to get specific on what it is that you're, you're pursuing. And then number four, and this is where we'll pick up at today, number four is not recognizing the cost of vision. Yeah. Say the cost of vision. Oh. Say it again, the cost of vision. Oh. <clears throat> and so we gave you one word that identifies the cost of vision, and that one word is what? Diligence. Say it again. Diligence. Say it one more time. Diligence. So we have to be diligent, and that's what the fulfillment of my dream, the fulfillment of your dream, the fulfillment and the manifestation of your vision, your harsh desires, what is going to cost you first is diligence. Before it's going to cost you a dime, it's going to cost you your diligence, being persistent about that thing that you have in your heart. So last week I said if I could take diligence and place it in a capsule for you, this is what it would look like, investing time, talent, and effort, and doing things expeditiously, efficiently, effectively, and in excellence every time. It's investing time, talent, and efforts and doing things, this is what diligence is, doing things expeditiously, efficiently, effectively, and in excellence, how many times? Every time. That's, that's diligence. And so now we said that this principle of diligence is God's plan to keep us faithful, to keep us fruitful, to keep us focused, and keep us from falling. It keeps us faithful that when I am diligent, I'm faithful to something. That when I am diligent, I am fruitful. I'm being productive. That when I am diligent, I am focused on something. And when I'm diligent, that keeps me from falling. That keeps me from giving up on the thing that I'm believing God for. Now, I said last week that when you are diligent, the blessing of God will be upon you. Say, I have the blessing of God. Say it again, I have the blessing of God. Now, the blessing of God is the empowerment of God. It's the enabling of God. It is an anointing. It's so you can function. It's so that you and I, we could have success in life without stress, strain, and struggle. That we can depend on the blessing of God, God to empower us to do successfully what it is that he's called us to do or what it is that he has placed in our hearts. Because when I'm diligent, the blessing of God comes up on me. Now, we know traditionally, you know, the blessing of God, you know, we, somebody get a car, we say, that's a blessing. Somebody get a house, that's a blessing. Somebody get promoted, that's a blessing. And, and true, 
those things are a blessing, but then there is another blessing which is called the empowerment of God that comes upon you so that you could achieve in life, so that you could have success in life. The Bible talks about how the blessing was upon Joseph. Well, when the blessing was upon Joseph, we know it's not saying the house was on Joseph. We know it's not saying the car was on Joseph. So he's talking about an anointing. He's talking about an enabling so that you can do what you could no otherwise do except you had something on you. And what that thing on you is, is called the blessing of God that causes you to excel and become successful with everything that God's called you to do. Amen? So say it again, I have the blessing of God on me. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. The blessing was upon Joseph, and when the blessing is upon you, it will make you a prosperous man or woman. When the blessing is upon you, it will make you a prosperous man or woman. And it's being a prosperous man or a prosperous woman that's going to cause everything that you put your hands to, to prosper. Now, that's the promise of God according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, that whatever you set your hands to, God will make it to prosper. Amen. Man, just think how far along in life we would be if everything we put our hands to prospers. But there is a, we can position, we can position ourselves for that kind of favor, we can position ourselves for that blessing. You know, uh, a plant, you, you take a plant, for example, and a plant has to have water, right? Uh, and, and not only does it need water, but that, that plant, it, first it has to be in the right soil, then it has to have watering, but then that plant needs sunlight. But now, you can control, you know, where you plant it, the saw, you can control when you water it, but you can't control when the sunlight comes. But what you can control is where you place it in a position so when the sunlight comes, it receives the sunlight. And so it is with the favor of God and with the blessing of God, that's not something we turn on and off, but we always putting ourselves in position so that when the blessing shows up or when the favor comes, we are right there to partake of that favor. Are you listening to me? And so you want to be able to operate in the blessing so when folks see you succeed, they'd have to say, this is the Lord's doing. Because they know it's not you because they know you. But they know the reason you succeed, there got to be somebody helping him. There got to be an unseen force that's enabling him to do what he's doing because I know him. Amen? They got to know he's making it somehow because I know what he's making. And based on what he's making, he ain't supposed to be living like he's living, but you're living like you're living because you got the blessing on you. Say it again, I have the blessing on me. Amen? That's how you can be single and take care of four kids and don't need a man because you got the blessing on you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now, let's look at verse number, verse number two. Let me slow down because I got a ways to go. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, <clears throat> verse number two. And the Lord was with Joseph, 
and he was a struggling man. Huh? Okay. He was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Now, how would you like God to make all that you do to prosper in your hand? Now, go, 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 to Psalms, go to Psalms chapter 1. Go to Psalm chapter 1. Put your ribbon now, Genesis 39. We'll come back. Now, if you're sitting next to somebody who don't have a ribbon, then you're sitting next to a rookie. Go to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 1. Say, everything I do, everything I do. prospers. Prosper. Say it again. Everything I do, everything I do. Prosperous. prosperous. Say it like you believe it. Everything I do, everything I do. It, prospers. it prospers. But now, but you have to position yourself you have to position yourself for everything that you do to prosper. That everything you put your hands to, God causes it to prosper. Now look what he says in verse 1 of Psalms chapter 1. Uh, Blessed is the man that, what? Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor what? Seated, sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the what? The law of the Lord or the word of God, and in his law doeth he what? Meditate, how often? Day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And what? Whatsoever he doeth. Whatsoever he doeth. Shall what? Shall prosper. God said that if you would watch where you walk, watch where you sit, Watch the words that come out of your mouth. If you would love the Word of God, if you would meditate in the Word of God, you'd meditate, you take the Word off these pages, put it in your heart, begin to meditate on it until you see that Word as reality in your life. He said you'll put yourself in a position for everything that you do to prosper. You start a business, it prosper. You go to school, you prosper in that. You have children, you raise them, you prosper in that. Everything that you do, prospers but you got to put yourself in that position now let's go back to Genesis chapter 39 because the scripture says that what God did he made everything that Joseph put his hands to to prosper now look what he says in verse number four and Joseph found what grace grace is favor he found grace or he found favor <clears throat> in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put into his hands. God made that to prosper. Look at verse 5. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the what? The Lord had blessed the Egyptian's house for whose sake? Joseph's sake. God blessed the Egyptian's house, not because of the Egyptian. He blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph, because Joseph had the blessing. Got it? The blessing was on Joseph, so as long as Joseph was in the house, then God made the Egyptian's house to prosper. And then the last part, it says, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. So whether it was in the house, whether it was in the field, God made it to prosper. Say it again, I have the blessing on me. 
Now, last week, we closed with the rewards of diligence, and we said that these rewards should be used. Let me have that, uh, <clears throat> that, uh, that, that. We said that the rewards should be used as motivation, should be used as motivation. Now, turn with me in your Bibles. Let's look at, um, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. And there's something I want to talk to you about today that we have to become cautious of because if we don't become cautious of this, then we will, we will just continue to roam in life. And that's not what we want to do. Amen. 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 Now, remember last week we talked about uh, the lost sheep. And when the Bible said that having 99 sheep, one is lost. And the man going out looking for the 99 until he finds it. Then the lady who lost the coin... She lit a candle. She swept the house until she found the coin. So a part of diligence is being persistent and sticking with a thing until you see your desired results. Not giving up at the first sign of resistance. Not throwing in the towel because of what opposes you, but sticking with it until you see your desired results, until you reach your goal, until you've succeeded, until you've accomplished what it is that you've set out to accomplish. And that's what being diligent is all about. You being persistent enough, dogmatic enough to stick with this thing until it produces for you what you have in your heart. Amen. Amen? And unfortunately, too many of us don't live there. Because we give up at the first sign of resistance. We give up because it's not going right. We give up because it's harder than what I thought. We give up because it's tougher than what I thought. But persistent, being persistent and being diligent enough until I see my desired results. Amen? Amen. And that's where we need to live. So today... To be a person of diligence, you must avoid the inward condition of neutrality. The inward condition of neutrality. You just become in neutral. A car in neutral can be moved by anybody. And too many of us we're not going backwards, but we're not going forward either. We're just kind of, we've just kind of placed our lives in neutral, just, just, just in neutral. And that, that, therefore, anybody can come by and move you over here, and, and then next week you get moved over there, and then a month from now you moved over there, and, and you realize that, that years have gone by and you've done nothing with your life. Because you have lived with this inward condition of neutrality. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now, watch this, the Apostle Paul. I think he gives us uh, Philippians chapter 3. He gives us a good example of not becoming neutral. And people have the tendency to become neutral when they don't get instant gratification. Amen. Because success doesn't happen overnight. 
Is that right? Amen. You have to work at it. You got to stick with something until it turns out the way you want it to. Amen. Now look there in verse number 12 of chapter 3, Philippians. Not as though I have already attained. Else we're already perfect, but I follow after. Now notice this now. He says, not as though I have already attained. Either we're already perfect. He says, I I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I don't have it all together yet. I haven't accomplished it yet. I haven't achieved it yet. Another year has gone by, but I'm following after. And that's what I want to get you to see, that, okay, it didn't happen for me in 2009. I declared 2009 was my year. I thought it was going to happen in 2009. I thought it was going to happen in 2010, and it didn't happen in 2010. But here I am in 2011, still following after. I'm still following after. And you got to be persistent enough, and you got to be diligent enough to continue to follow after. You just can't quit because it didn't happen last week. You got to keep following after. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I'm not saying I've already achieved. I'm not saying I've accomplished it. But I am saying this, I'm following after. He didn't say I'm, I'm giving up. He didn't say I didn't attain. You know, I haven't made it, so I'm giving up. He said, no, I'm following after. Paul, you still after that? Yeah, I'm still after. You still doing the same? Yeah, I'm still doing the same thing. You still making them same? Yeah, I'm still making them same confession. You, you got to be persistent enough, and you got to, see, when you make a decision to believe God, that got to be your point of no return, that I'm not going to go back. If God said it, God is going to do it. I don't know why there's a delay, but I'm going to let this time be used with me using my faith so I can manifest what it is I release my faith for. You just can't give up. Now, look at verse number, verse number 13. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this what? One thing I do. What? I'm forgetting what's behind me. Now, here's what he said. He said, one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going back. I may not be where I want to be. I may not even be where I thought I'd be by now. But one thing for sure, I'm forgetting what's behind me. I know one thing for sure that where I've been is not where I want to remain. And so I'm forgetting the stuff that's behind me, and I'm reaching forward to what's before me, and I realize I got to press. It's, it's a press. If you're going to be diligent, you got to press. Why? Because the devil not just going to lay down and let you wash into prosperity, let you wash into a good marriage. No, it's not going to happen. You got to press. It's a press, man. You're going to build a business? It's a press. You're going to finish school? It's a press. You're going to graduate from college? It's a press. You're going to have a good marriage? It is a press. You got to press. You got to forget what's behind you. And you got to reach for what's in front of you. And you got to press. Why? Because something is pressing against you. And if you don't move it, it will move you. And you, you let it move you. Next thing you know, you'll be back where you were five years ago. Why? Because you have refused to press. Are you listening to me? Now, let's look at something here. Let's look at something here. <laughs> 
turn to, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It's hot in here, y'all. Are y'all hot? Y'all not? It's hot. <laughs> Man, it's hot. All right, we may look at a few more. <laughs> Get out of here today. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm, I may let y'all go early today. Okay, <clears throat> go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Oh, my shirt came Yeah, losing it. Keep me looking good. <laughs> Mark chapter 4, thank you. Mark chapter 4, let's look at this thought. And then, uh, then with the baby ready to go. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mark chapter 4. Now listen to this now. Success is a process. All right? Success is a process. Success does not happen overnight. Because there's a development that has to take place with success, and that's in any arena of life. Now watch this, uh, Mark chapter four and verse 26 is where you should be. Mark four and 26. That if you're going to succeed, there is a process, all right? If you're gonna build anything substantial, there's a process in doing so. Verse 26 says, and he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of a self. What? What is that? First the blade. Come on. Then the ear. All right. After that, the full corn in the ear. All right. First what? Then, the ear. after that. The now, that's the process of success. It is the process of harvest. It is the process of manifestation. First, then, after that. Anyone who is successful in anything understands this process. First, then, after that, say first, first. say then, then. After, that. after that, again first, first. Then. then after that, after say first then after that, first, say it again, first then after that. First, then, after that. Now, how long does it take to say first then after that? Second, right? But now that process of first then after that may be five years. Anybody who is successful in marriage can tell you what they did first. And that first could be five years. Could have been the first five years. Yes, sir. Talk, Pastor. Well, did you do anything after that? Yeah. Then? And that then could be another five years. 
Was that it? No, after that. <laughs> and so that could be five more years, and you're looking at 15, you're looking at a 20-year marriage, but you don't know how long the first was, how long the then was, and how long the after that was. But it is a process. Anybody who's successful in business, they can tell you what they did first. Then, yeah, yeah, first I did this, and, you know, we did that. And, and, and then after we did that, we had to do such and such and such. And then after that, da 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 That's right. And you think it's going to happen overnight? Yeah. See, when you are, when you are not diligent, <clears throat> when you have a mentality of instant gratification, you develop laziness. Because you're not looking to work a process, you're looking for somebody who has worked a process to give you something. So you develop laziness and hostility toward everybody who won't help you. Because you don't want to work the process. You want, you want the promise without the problems and without the process. And it just don't happen in this world. You're going to have to, you're going to have to, and, and, and the blessing, the blessing don't rest on folk who don't get out of bed. Well, I could have got a better hand clap than that. <clears throat> God don't anoint folk who lay in the bed all day. The Bible says that God will bless the work of your hand, the work of your hand, that your hands need to find work for God can bless them. Amen. But it is a process. We didn't just end up, end up here. Amen. It's a process. That's a, that's a whole lot of firsts, things we had to do first. Then after we do those first, then, and a whole lot of then, and, and after that. And we're still doing some things first and some then. Some You're going to keep going through that process. You're going to continue to go through that. That, that process, it, it looks, you know, people see us, you know, this, this looks easy, this looks fun, and this looks exciting, but that's been a whole lot of, that's been a whole lot of firsts and thens and after that, and, and there's been some resistance, and there's been some challenges, and there's been some obstacles, and there's been some difficulties, and, and there's been some, some sweating, there's been some tears, that, there's been all of that, but we stuck with the process. We stuck with the process because when you stick with the process, the process will produce for you what it is that you got in your heart. But you can't give up just because there's resistance. Yeah. There's always going to be resistance. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody that resists you yeah. or something that opposes you. But you don't quit. You keep going yeah. until that thing produces for you what it is that's in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. You want it, you go after it. You stick with it until it happens, until it comes, until it manifests. Yes, sir. But anybody can quit at the first sign of resistance, yes, sir. but resistance is what develops you. Yes. Resistance is what makes you grow. Yes. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, you'll be better off when it's all said and done. You'll be glad you stuck with the process. Amen? Amen. You know, you go to the gym, you're going to lose weight. The guy going to say, first we need to do this. Then, you'd be like, that, that's, that's a, that, that, that wasn't all? That sounds like a whole lot. No, that's just the first thing we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Then, we're going to do such and such and such. And, and then, is that going to be it? Mm-mm, because after that? <laughs> then, then you'd be like, well, I really don't look that big after all. It's a process. It is a process. You know, even raising your children. There's been some first, there's been some then, there's been some after that. Getting your degree has been a first, a then, after that. That is a process that you have to respect. And people who are not diligent do not respect process. Amen? And we end up Becoming lazy. Now, when, when you do nothing, when you do nothing to move yourself toward God's plan for your life, then you delay God's plan for your life. You delay God's plan for your life. You end up five years, you know, later getting the way you should have been five years ago or ten years ago. If you're going to get out of debt, that's a process. That's some things you have to do first. That's some things you have to do after that. And some things you have to do after that. Everything in life it's process if you're going to succeed at it. There's no process to winning a lottery. The next time you look at a lottery line, that... <laughs> well, I was about to say something. <clears throat> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it anyway. Next time you go to the lottery line, just look, just look at the mentality in the line. Look at the mentality in, in the line and listen, and listen to what they're going to do. Just listen to them talk. My wife and I was at a store one, one, one night, and, <clears throat> and they was, people was in the line trying to get them lottery tickets. And, uh, and I, happened to, I forgot what I was getting. But, uh, and I, I ran into a member. Now, she was in the line. I ain't gonna tell y'all who it was, and don't be looking at the third row trying to see if she on the third row. Go ahead and be doing that. And she say, Pastor, you try, Ooh, Pastor, you try to get one of them tickets? I said, no, nah, I don't play the lottery. She said, uh, she said, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to win, Pastor. I'm going to give you that million. I said, I'll receive. <laughs> I'll receive it. But I, but I ain't playing no lottery. And I was looking at the mentality in the line and the language, listening to the language, looking at the mentality, listening to the language, what they going to do. Man, none of them going to do nothing worth anything. That's why they'll never win anything. But see, see, there's no process to that. See, you can't, you can't pass that. You can't pass that down to your children. 
She gonna tell him. Now, now look, here's what your daddy did. You get you three of them tickets. You can't pass that on. That's not a process. That, see, that doesn't develop you. See, that doesn't, that doesn't change your mind. That doesn't change your mentality. Because if your mentality is WAP in the lottery line and you win, when you win, your mentality is still WAP. That never grow you. That never develop you. And that's why five years later, after winning the lottery, you back where you were 10 years ago because it never developed you. You need something that's going to develop you. And that lottery line don't, don't, don't develop you. They cut and they pushing and, and all that kind of stuff and looking at you crazy and, and wondering, where you going? And they scratching. Saints praying, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. See, there is no, there is no process. And so people who respect process, yes, sir. Yes, sir. they're not in that line. They're not. See, if nothing else, see, if nothing else, look at where they sell lottery tickets. Some neighborhoods, they don't even sell them. Uh -huh. yeah. Look where they selling them at. See, you gotta, you, see, you, you gotta think about what others think about you. Yeah. Uh -huh. See, put them over there, they'll go after them. Put them over there, they want something for nothing. Put one over there, sell them over there. They want something for nothing. They don't respect process. Amen. They looking for get rich quick, put it over there. Yeah. Process. Mm -hmm. Everything in life is process. And you got to be diligent to stick with process. Amen. That's the only way you can stick with the process. You got to be diligent about something. Yeah. That's right. Amen? Amen? So let's look at one more and I'll be done. Go to uh, Proverbs 15, 19. Proverbs 15, 19. <clears throat> um, Proverbs 15, 19. Because my responsibility as your pastor is to get you out of laziness. Amen. Amen. We're not going to be lazy. Amen. We're not looking for something for nothing. Amen. We're not looking for a free ride. Amen. Come on. Amen. We, we, we um, um, I'm trying to think, that was, a, that was a scripture I was thinking about. Um, uh, that's not it. But you should be in uh, Proverbs, what did I tell you, 15, 19? Uh -huh. All right, Proverbs 15, 19 says that the way of the slothful man is an hedge of thorns. Now, what does that mean? The way of a slothful man is as a hedge of thorns. That, here's another, def, uh, another translation. A slothful man finds discomfort and inconvenience in everything. Whatever you ask a slothful man to do, you have just inconvenienced him. Whatever. Can you hand me that? What? 
Shoot, he, see, he got to get up. Shoot. Where them children at? <laughs> well, can you just hand me that? You, you have just inconvenienced him. Yeah. Yeah. On the job. Yeah. You know, they ask you to stay over, you know, an extra 30 minutes. You have just inconvenienced him. Yeah. Yeah. That you have discomforted him. That every request given to a slothful man, it inconveniences him. Another translation says, a slothful man, he finds, he finds opposition with every opportunity. Amen. Amen. They can be hired. He, you know, he's not going to come get an application. Tell you to bring it, man. Bring me one of them applications from down there, man. Y'all hiring over there, bring me one of them applications. Why? Because he's a, he's a slothful man. He's a slothful man. And he asks you, whatever you ask him, he asks you, you want me to do that now? <laughs> slothful. Let's look at this last scripture and I'll be done today. Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24 and verse 30. You don't, you don't want to be slothful. All right? If you're going to have the blessing on you, you can't be slothful. Because your dreams and your goals and your heart's desires, there's nothing like living this life and you can't manifest your heart's desires. God wants you to manifest your heart's desires and your dreams. Verse 30 says, I went by the field of the slothful. Now, this is where the slothful man lives. I passed by the field or his house and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns. See, you, you pass by his house, you, just, you know, the yard need cutting. Talking about, now we're just reading the Bible. Don't be getting quiet, I'm just reading the Bible. You, 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 you pass by his house, just look at the yard. Yeah, yeah. Got grass, you know, grass grown up uh, with thorns and nestles have covered the face thereof. It's growing all up on the house. What he goes on to say, he says, and the stone wall, that's the fence, thereof was broken down. Fence laying down. One side of the fence laying down. See, that's where the slothful man lived. Now, look what he goes on to say. He said, then I saw and considered it well. Okay, I looked upon it and received instruction. He, he learned something by looking at that. He said, okay, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy what? Poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Poverty comes to a slothful man. A man who's slothful, he will live in lack. A slothful man will live in lack, and the reason he'll live in lack, because he wants everybody to give to him. Amen. But if your dreams your desires, your goals are going to manifest. You are going to have to be diligent in the pursuit of those things. Amen. And to live in that instant gratification that is going to happen now, yeah. then you're going to develop laziness. Yes, sir. Because what are you going to do if it don't manifest next week? 
What are you going to do if it don't manifest next year? If it doesn't happen this year? Yes, sir. Even it's been declared that it will happen this year. What if it doesn't happen? Are you going to stay diligent? Amen. Are you going to stay persistent at it? Because what you're diligent in, what you're persistent at, that's where you're going to see success at. Amen? Amen. Say it again. I have the blessing. I have blessing. Say the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord is, upon is upon me in Jesus' name. <clears throat> All right. Quatsa. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat>